be back. Get away from her, you bitch! We all go a little mad sometimes. Hello and welcome to Sequel Harder. This is the podcast where we take a look at good movies gone bad. My name is Dave and I am joined once again by my co-host Eric. Hello. All right. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, This time we are talking about the Beverly Hills Cop series of movies. But before we go into that, I just wanted to uh, talk about Die Hard a little bit more because uh, <laughs> since we recorded that episode, I've, I've looked at some things and thought of some things. So uh, it's just it's so great you can't get enough of it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for completeness, I went back and looked up the IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes ratings for the five Die Hard movies because I looked them up for Beverly Hills Cop as well. Did, did you write down our ratings? Um, I wrote I wrote down mine. I don't remember what year. Yours are yours are pretty close. About to mine. yeah, about yeah. So, for Die Hard 1, the original, um, I think we both gave it a 10. Yeah. Um, IMDb has 8.2 out of 10, which okay. is fair. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, it, some people are You're not going to like You're going to find people that hate Exactly, anything, exactly. Yeah. Nothing's going to get a 10. Yeah. Very few things are going to get a 10 on there. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes is at 92%. So, okay. yeah. you know, yeah. everyone, everyone t- within margin of error liked that movie. <laughs> Die Hard 2... Uh, dropped away a little bit, uh, 7.1 and 69%. And I gave that like a five or a six. Uh, let me see. No, it's, I don't have it here. Um, and I think, you, I think I gave it a little higher. You gave it like yeah, one think, point I think, higher. Yeah, I think it was like seven or something. I gave it, yeah. um, so that's f- about fair. Die Hard 3 goes, uh, actually bumps back up a little bit, 7.6 and 51%. Oh, no, it goes down in, in the second one. So... 51%. I like that a lot. I put it up real close to the first one. Um, So it's interesting that a lot of people didn't. Or it was mixed. Yeah. Um, Die Hard 4, uh, what is that? Live Free or Die Hard? Uh, This is the one that really surprised me. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say it got okay, like 60, 70% or something. 7.2 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, really? 82% Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, who could who could think that is 31 points better? I mean, than I'll give it that it's not the, the worst of the Die Hard series, but it's... It's it's not it, better than three. It's, no, it's not better. <laughs> that's... Oh, God. Yeah. I, I feel kind of sick to the stuff you're I thinking know. about. That. Like, what, the, what are the... That's one of the things you got to... You know, my girlfriend will not read movie reviews anymore. Oh yeah. Well, it's probably a good thing. Nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Mostly be mostly because of uh, Terminator Genesis. Oh really? Like, Cause she liked it yeah. and it got totally panned. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, she's like, that's it. I'm out. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe any reviewers anymore. So, and this is where that kind of thing happens. Like 82% for that movie. There's no way. Yeah. Um, and then the fifth one I think is uh, accurate if harsh. Um, 5.3 on, on uh, IMDb. Yeah. 14%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To me, the thing is interesting because it's 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 an average based on like or no like. So it's yeah. or like, it, it, like or dislike. Right. So. It tends to be more bipolar. Exactly. You're yeah. either going to get like yeah. something in like 14 to 30, or you're going to get something like 70 to 90. Right. So. Which is why you know I worked on Terminator, Genesis, and, and Ant Man yeah. the same year. And Terminator got a. It was up there around twenty six percent or yeah, something. Yeah. And then <laughs> it was it was up there. Yeah. 
And Ant-Man was like 80% or something. Yeah, and she yeah. thought she enjoyed them both about the same. So yeah. but it's like, okay, that's the thing is Terminator probably got a consistently below average. But let's be honest. You know, without, if it didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. it, it, oh. would, it would justifiably be It would have been low. zero. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, and I don't think it was that, I agree that it wasn't that good of a movie. Um, I don't think it deserved a 26. No, no, no. But that's the thing is you get a bunch of reviewers giving a just below average review that yeah. counts as negative. That just brings the whole thing down. Yeah. Um, whereas even if Ant-Man had, and it probably had more positive than neutral, but it, it even if it just had just above neutral yeah. for everybody, that gives it a really high percentage. So that's the way that website works. And we had talked about, we were talking about Alan Rickman and his um, Alan Rickman voice. Yeah. And I did look up uh, The January Man, which was the very next year yeah. after Die Hard. And he, I watched some clips online and he has totally got the Alan Rickman voice. He's got voice the Rickman going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and I, I got to watch that movie again because it is, there's so many fun quotes and lines in that. Yeah. Because I think what I was picturing and talking about before was like, I didn't know whether like he got to a point in his career and he just sort of like didn't care anymore. Right. And every every character just had the same Rickman voice. <laughs> it's like you know how Tom Cruise is always just playing Tom Cruise yeah. in a movie. Yeah. It's not it, he's it's not really acting. It's just he's playing Tom Cruise in a movie. That's right. I didn't know whether it was like Rickman just being like, well, you, you've hired Alan Rickman, so he's going to show <laughs> up and do his voice. He, he might have just reached that point before he started movies. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, uh, yeah, what's his name, Yarley Smith on uh, The Simpsons, which is uh, her voice. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, any other thoughts on uh, Die Hard? No, no. Okay. I'm ready to move on to Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, boy. So, um, my history with Beverly Hills Cop, I'm pretty sure I didn't see the first one in the theater. Because that was 84, and I was probably too young to get into an R-rated movie. So, uh, you know, I caught it on cable or something. Of course, it... It was in the zeitgeist. Everybody, it was funny. It was a big action comedy, more comedy than action, whatever. It was Eddie Murphy's big thing, you know. It was great. We, in fact, um, it was so big that in my junior high marching band, we played Axel F. Oh, really? Yeah, which I thought it was, it was like one of my favorite ones to play. On part two, pretty sure I didn't see it in the theater again, but, you know, caught it on home video cable plenty yeah. of times. Loved it. It was, you know, it had that, it just had, it had the same feel. And, and it was oh that um, the shakedown song yeah like that played on MTV constantly oh, I'm sure. and yeah. and I like I was like oh this is a great song and then the third one I did not see until Melissa and I watched two and three like four months ago because oh, they really? happened to be on Hulu or oh, something wow. right yeah. and I was like uh, I don't know what I just saw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into why it's bad yeah Jesus yeah uh, how about you yeah uh, obviously I mean uh, the first one came out even before i was born so i was born in 86 so wow yeah so, <laughs> so one and two yeah was not old enough uh to watch those like in theater obviously and then obviously third i was too young but i think i saw them all like relatively close to each other sometime probably in the late 90s like and it, uh my my family really likes eddie murphy for some reason yeah. okay so it's um We've seen a lot of his movies. So I think it was just one of those things where I caught it probably on like Blockbuster Rental or something. Mm -hmm. Just like sometime in the late 90s. I think we just rented all three of them and just watched them one time. Yeah. One of those things where it's like like uh, when you're when you've got kids and you're like, OK, you've got to watch these movies that I watch kind of thing. Sure, sure. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, I love the series. I love Beverly Hills Cop because it's just a, it's especially the, the first one. It's just a simple movie. 
Right. It's just it's such a simple plot, mm-hmm. and it's all about the comedy. Yeah. I mean, there's action in there and stuff, which was great. It binds it together. It holds it. But it's right. and there's a lot of mm-hmm. like great cameos uh, of like people that early get their start in the first two. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, we'll, we'll talk, but it's like yeah, we we'll get there. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they kind of yeah they do the kind of the repeat. and so like yeah watch even watching it again now like again now you look back on it and you're like oh man like that person looks so different and it's before they ever got famous right. and they didn't have the money to like clean themselves up. <laughs> yeah and then, yeah so we'll, we'll talk about that yeah cool so beverly hills cop 1984 directed by martin brest he also directed uh, unfortunately Gili. Oh, really? Yeah. I know that. Uh, Meet Joe Black, Scent of a Woman, and Midnight Run, among others. So he's got a respectable, you know, other than Julie, he's got a respectable resume. And here's here's where they definitely were going to make a sequel. This thing cost $14 million to make. Yeah. And it made $234 million. Yeah. I I did see that, actually. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's much better numbers than any of the diehards, right? Quick plot summary, um, Axel Foley, played by Eddie Murphy, is a Detroit cop who used to be, he was like a teenage criminal, became a cop, and his long-lost buddy shows up, gets murdered at his apartment. Uh, he deducts some clues, goes to L.A. to chase down the clues, or Beverly Hills, which yeah, is where his buddy came from. Hills. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I, I equate the two. <laughs> this I is know. not L.A. cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he goes to Beverly Hills to track down the, the murderers. Um, there he runs into the Beverly Hills cops and, uh, they start to like, it begins by them trying to stop him investigating and then they end up working with him, uh, to take down the guy. And so the thing about this movie is like, unless I was watching it real closely, like I was, Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you what the actual plot was. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's because as I said, it's so simple that Mm -hmm. it's just, it's. It takes so long. This okay. So this is the thing. Like, and this is what I wanted to ask you. Like, do you like the opening of the movie? Let me ask you that. Oh, that that scene where in the back of the truck. Well, because it's it, there's a there's almost like a okay. So there's a first like a three minute long music video that introduces Detroit. Right. It's like the whole. Oh song. yeah 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 yeah. That then whole, it goes, like just then, the sequences. But of then it's Detroit, a short yeah. little dialogue between like the cops who like so Eddie Murphy's trying to do a deal and he's undercover and mm-hmm. he's trying to sell a, a a truck full of cigarettes to some guys and yeah. And uh, then the cops show up, and then, then in it within that two minutes of dialogue, then it launches into another almost music video like like chase scene that goes on for another three minutes. Right. So it's like by the time you actually get to anything, it's like now almost like ten minutes into the movie, like the first like nine mm-hmm. and a half minutes or something is is literally just like montage shots of like right. Detroit mixed in with the car, like a, like a truck chase scene and stuff. I can't tell whether I like that or not. Like, I yeah, I have to say I didn't remember that first mo- Detroit montage yeah. until I watched it this time, and I thought, okay, that's interesting. They're really hammering in like the sort of gritty grittiness Detroit, of Detroit, yeah. you know. And this is, and then we're going to contrast that with Beverly Hills yeah, later yeah. on. And so I thought that was good. Although I did write down later, I don't know if this affected it, but it probably did. That this movie seems slower than I remembered it. Yes, and, yeah, that, and that's the, what I'm trying to say pacing, is that, yeah. that then then it's like this a short little building scene of like his friendship with this other guy. The guy shows up, they go out to a bar, 
And then they, they right. hammer in that, like, that scene, which is, uh, like, you know, oh, you went to jail for me by accident. You know why I did that for you? Because I love you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like the, the heavy-handed exposition. <laughs> yeah. right, and, then, right. and then they literally go back to the <laughs> Axel's house, and then the guy gets murdered, and then cut to next scene, he's in Beverly Hills. Like, Was it that fast? It's real fast. Yeah. It's like... He maybe wakes up or something and tries to. I can't remember uh, honestly. I, I even watched this like like less than a week ago. And I, I can't remember. <laughs> well, that's the that, that's my point about this movie is that the plot doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. The plot. It's get Murphy to L.A. or to yeah. Beverly Hills. Get the fish out of water. Yeah. And then to me, the point of this movie is his relationship with Judge Reinhold yeah. and and the other guy. Oh, me. I remember what it is now. So then the the all his cop buddies show up. And then he's talking to the chief, and the chief's mm. like, "You ain't investigating, or the, 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 like yeah, the yeah, lieutenant yeah. or whatever. You ain't investigating this." And he's like, "Maybe I'm gonna go on vacation, right?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's just the hard cuts right to like yes. he's like yeah. driving through That's Beverly right. Hills. I, I always confuse the first two with like the Ferrari and the, yeah, the Ferrari's yeah. the second one. Yeah, yeah. With, right. Yeah. So he's riding, and and he's driving his own car, yeah. which means he drove from Detroit to Beverly Hills, which that, is gonna be two days. Blue Chevy Nova. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah, like the the the. The relationship with the other cops, because at first they're antagonists, and then they're grudging allies, and then they're friends by the end of the movie. Yeah. But, and, not, but not even that heavy of an antagonist. That was the funny thing about this movie, is that, like, I think other than, like, typically when you're dealing with cop stuff, there's always, like, the asshole on the force yeah. that, like, the the rogue is, like, having to butt heads with. Right. Which I get, like Ronnie Cox is 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 the who's like the he's the most of that. He's but, most, of, but he's not really. He's, he's not. He's he's even so down to earth that yeah. like later on when when fully you know, like proposes this crime, he's like, "Tell me what you got. Wrote me into yeah, this. Yeah. Bring well, me that's in." The thing. You're right. It's not. It's not like Die Hard where like everybody was against him. Oh yeah. It's yeah. just like the cops in Beverly Hills were doing their jobs, they, but they're just doing it so by the book. They're doing it by yeah. the book, and and it's not his style, and it, it takes some time to get them yeah. more involved in what he's doing. Yeah. But that's the point of the movie to me is that growing relationship because yeah. by the end, and as we see in the second movie, there's a bromance. It's they're, right. They're, they're, they, they go all, fishing every year, yeah, and yeah. you know they love each other, and that's that's to me is the heart of this movie. Movie. And the, the plot, there's something about import, export, and tariffs, and who, who cares? Yeah, who cares? Doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. And the the girl who was the the, the, the friend, the, from, the friend yeah. from the art museum. Yeah, like there's not even a love interest in this movie, right? Just like yeah. she was. A, That's that. Okay, yeah. yeah, we'll get. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no in the first two. There's no love interest. No. Yeah, yeah. Is there, oh, the and third, the third one, has, one there is. Yeah, there yeah, is. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about why that. That's one of the things that ruins uh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and Mike Ermintrout from. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I did watch the first one probably a couple years ago, and uh-huh. right around when I was watching um, uh, Breaking Bad. Right. So I, I did. I did remember that going into it. Yeah. And I looked out for him. Yeah. So yeah. So you talked about uh, cameos before. We've got Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. In this, yeah. which was before. Yeah, I Perfect think this Strangers? was before Perfect Strangers. I think it yes. was. Yeah. And I was reading that when he went to do Perfect Strangers. Yep. Yep. They wanted to basically him to do this character yeah. for the whole show. And he'd yeah. made some tweaks, of course, and, yeah. and, but basically that was it. How you all doing today? Hi. I'm fine. My name is Serge, and how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. It's very busy today. Maybe you'll give me your name? My name's Axel Foley. And uh, what is pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Donay? One moment. 
Don't they run into any summers that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see? Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmed, Ahwell. Axel. Foley is here to see her. These are all the queens. Don't you discover this stuff. It's I'm like sorry. the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy, it's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. May I offer you something to drink? A wine, a cocktail, a, a espresso? No, I'm fine, thank you. I'll make it to myself right back there with a little lemon twist. It's good. Try it. No, I'm, I'm fine. I see you look at this piece. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this went for. $130,000. Get the fuck out of here! No, no, I cannot. It's serious because it's a very important piece. Have you ever sold one of these? Sell it yesterday to a collector. Get the fuck out of here! I'm serious, I said it myself. Um, yeah, he wasn't sure if he wanted to play a foreigner on TV for like, yeah, yeah. like years or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, oh, right. The other one, the other early one is Damon Wayans. Yeah, which this is what I was talking about earlier. It's like he's he's starting to bald and he's got that really short hair. <laughs> yeah, it, was be, it was before he gave up on his hair. He just started shaving his head. And I was just like, I saw it and I was like, oh, God, he looks yeah. horrible. And that's, so that's 84. That was, that's before in Living Color. Yeah, yeah. So this is like pre-famous Damon Wayans. Exactly. Yeah. At all, yeah. Right. And then they, they, they go to the strip club. And that, yeah. there's no plot reason for that, really. They no. just do that to, to have them bond. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think that that's, that's what I like about this movie, is that you, you're, they're basically just finding scenes to put Eddie Murphy in, and then it's his dialogue that, that makes it entertaining. Yes. And yeah. That whole thing where he's like in the strip club with him, he's sort of like half dancing while he's, he's talking to the guys about like the, the impending crime that's about right, to right. happen. And it, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just... His, this is what we'll find later on is that his style of comedy worked for the first two movies, which was just like you put him in a scene and he'll just run his mouth. Yeah. He'll, he'll smart mouth his way through the entire thing. Yeah. And it's it's perfect. It works. It works great. Like, right. And that's, yeah. yeah, this is like peak Eddie Murphy. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, the second one we'll talk a little bit about, but it's like that was uh, right around when he was doing Eddie Murphy Raw. Okay. So that's 87. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So this is this is like this is comedian Eddie Murphy. This is right. not actor Eddie Murphy. This is right. So you're they're basically just like they, that's why I think it's so simple. The plots are so simple as they just they were writing scenes just mm-hmm. to get him in there and for him to sort of like riff off of what was going on yeah. and make jokes. And, and I read that uh, the scenes with him and the two cops, most of that was improvised. I'm sure. Yeah, and they basically took so long because they had to do so many takes that everyone kept breaking yeah. out laughing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was it. They would set up a scene and just let the three of them bounce off And even other. even when they, in the beginning, when they're hating on Eddie Murphy uh, or like Taggart and Rosewood, uh, you still like them. They're still like, yeah. they're still just sort of like, especially, especially uh, Judge Reinhold. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Rosewood. He, he's, he's just great. Yeah. He's just sort of like, you could tell he's just sort of like the new detective and he's just sort yeah. of like, well, I don't really know. Like maybe, you know, right. maybe we should go. Maybe we should or, yeah. Oh, I'm right. enjoying my salmon with dill sauce. <laughs> it's, yeah. Right. And then I love like the little things that they sort of add to his character throughout the series. Yeah. Know? Cause they, they don't, they don't ever get like, well, I mean, Rose uh, or Taggart punches him in the beginning. Which I love yeah, that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like when when they first uh, when Eddie Murphy first gets arrested for being thrown out of a window. That I love that. It's like yeah. 
so right continue your thought but yeah yeah. so yeah so he gets thrown out of a window and the beverly hills cops like show up and arrest him for like disturbing the peace right and they they obviously find the gun he doesn't tell them they're a cop they take him back to and but it's like they try to get out on the they try to get off on the right foot with him because they're they're sort of like well why don't you just tell us you're a cop we could have just you know pushed this whole thing to the side and and you know figure this out Eddie Murphy runs his mouth and, and you know, Taggart punches him in the stomach. and yeah. But even then, it's like they're not angry at him. They're just sort of like they're just doing their job right. because their their boss is pushing down on them. So right. It's and, like, and in Beverly Hills, the police by the book tend to believe like upstanding citizens yeah, versus exactly. random weirdos. Yeah. You know, so talking about getting thrown through the window, first of all. These guys have no problem throwing them through the window of their own place. Yeah, I know. And yeah. then at the end of the movie, they have no problem shooting up their boss's mansion to get yeah. F, to yeah. get these guys. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Mass destruction. We well, also got to give it later on at the end. You got to like it does. I, I I questioned this when I was watching it, where I was like, at no point do they ever announce that they're a cop until like halfway through the them busting in on this private property with guns <laughs> it's yeah. like you could almost write off then like halfway through they like i think it's uh billy rosewood is like la or like beverly hills police and they still yeah, fire yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's like, <laughs> then it's justifiable yeah. but the first right. portion you'd be like i'm just a security guard and so these guys sneak into the building <laughs> right. that i'm protecting with guns yeah. it's like of course i'm gonna shoot at them it's, yeah yeah the 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 scene at the beginning or the when they when they first go and talk to, I'm sorry, let me start on this. When Eddie Murphy goes and talks to the guy he thinks did it, what was the the bad guy's name? Oh, who cares? Yeah, um, it's such That's an awkward scene because he he like he pretend oh, he, Victor Maitland. Victor Maitland. Yeah. He pretends he's making a delivery and he goes up into the office and he gets in there and it's just the weirdest thing where it's like the guy who shot his friend like is just sitting there with the boss. Just sort of almost relaxing. It made no sense. And then and then when the boss figures out that like, okay, this guy is onto something, he knows something, he pushes a button for his security under the under the desk, and they literally come out of the doors two seconds later. <laughs> and it's like six guys. Right. And it's like they like they were all just sitting there behind these doors waiting for this mm-hmm. guy to push a button. Yeah. It was like there's some awkward, quirky things like that where it's like when you're like you never notice it until you're looking for it. Like, and because we were trying to like find any flaw with this movie or anything, right. that was where I was sort of like, okay, this is a little bit weird. Like, this scene's a little janky right yeah. here. And you know, he's got that bag of Billy's vitamins when yeah. he goes in to, yeah. to act like it's a bomb or whatever to, to fake his way in, and then he just throws it in the trash. He could have held onto it and brought it back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many like weird little yeah. quirks to this movie. Yeah, when they're staking him out at the hotel and he sticks the bananas in the tailpipe. Yeah. For some reason, I had in my head that it was a potato. Is there a movie with a potato in the tailpipe? Maybe. I don't know. It's definitely a banana. It, so- it sounds. It sounds familiar. But yeah. Who knows? Talking about the shootout at the mansion at the yeah. end. Yeah. I kind of, from a filmmaking point of view, I felt that that wasn't a really well done scene. Yeah. It doesn't flow really well. And I don't know. It just didn't feel like it, as good as it could have been. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, and we'll expand on this a little bit later. Um, at the heart of this series, what it's really about is sort of like buddy cop team up. Yes. Yeah. Fish, it, fish out of water, buddy cop team up. And, and that's, and that's sort of the thing is it, in one and two, you've got that, like it culminates on them overtaking the stronghold, uh, you know, of the, and, and, oh, that's what it was, was that, it, like in all these movies, the one thing I will say about all these movies that I love, the first three, um, it, 
is that Eddie Murphy does that thing that you don't see in a lot of whole movies, which is he gets in the face and approaches the person that he's going after right. and has a conversation with them. And all three of them. Right. It's like, there's always that scene where he's sort of like, oh, I know what you're doing and I'm going to find it. I'm going to bust yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. And it's like, you're trying to get him to, to make a mistake. Yeah. It's like in Die Hard, it doesn't work that way. It's like, he doesn't really meet. I mean, he meets Hans yeah, Gruber yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. but he thinks he's somebody else. He doesn't actually officially meet him until the, like the end. Right. And then even in the second one doesn't meet him until the end, and the third one doesn't meet him till the end, and and that's it. And so they they storm the they storm Victor Maitland's mansion. There's a big shootout at the end. Uh, you know, I don't even remember. Like he shoots him. Whatever, yeah. it's fine. I think we're not really explaining the plot very well. On this. <laughs> no, but but that's the whole but point. It, yeah, that was this, your that was your problem with it. Was like I, I don't. Really uh, it's just not my yeah. problem with it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I think the movie is not about the plot. It's yeah. about the it's relationships. Not about, it's not about the plot. It's about the yeah. It's, it's about the comedy and the, dialogue, and the yeah. scenes and dialogue, which which is what makes this movie great. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the formula is that yeah. the plot shouldn't really intrude that much on that yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Uh, when when he goes on his his whole super cop dialogue. When he's explaining after the strip club, when when uh, oh yeah yeah when yeah. the lieutenant or whatever the guy in the above, above the police Ronnie officer Cox. yeah well I think it is oh right oh, I think it is Ronnie, Ronnie Cox, Cox. Where okay. he's like he's like what happened what what was going on and he's like well I was just in this club because that's the kind of thing that I'm into and he's like and they <laughs> followed me in and he's like right they trailed these two guys you know, I mean we're talking super cops here these aren't regular cops and it's just like he goes on this long story and you're like this is what I'm watching it for is just for him to like <laughs> right. ramble on about right. nonsense and it's just like and yeah. it's just hilarious it kind of reminded me of Fletch in some yeah. ways yeah um, and I'm not sure which one does it better. Um, because I mean, this one was all his stuff is funny, but then when you actually step back and think about it, it's like most of his like bluffs wouldn't work. Oh no, not at all. But yeah. they're funny to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe they would. I mean, some, some like, of them would. That's the thing is he's he's got charisma and he's got like um, he exudes authority, right? So confidence. it's yeah, and yeah. confidence. Yeah. yeah. So it's I can see them working honestly. Like uh, in the second one, the when he, the pool party, he's there with the maintenance guy. Yeah, oh, some, yeah, yeah. Someone shit in the pool. <laughs> totally. And, it's, it's like, and he sells it. He's just yeah. sort of like I don't want to be here. <laughs> he's right. like they don't want to be here. He's like I'm just here to clean it up and move on. And go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else on this one? No, I mean, it's, like, like I said, it's a it's a simple movie. Yeah, and it what I noticed is that everything wraps up super nicely. At it the does, end, yeah. You know, which is typical for an '80s action comedy. Yes, although it's a very it's a very anticlimactic death to the Victor Maitland. Yeah, he's yeah. sort of just uh, he's he's holding on to the girl, mm-hmm. and then she elbows him, and then like they both fi- he fires and misses. Oh God, he's probably he's probably no more than like fifteen feet from. Right. And it's it, like, in a thin hallway. Yeah, yeah. and it, it misses by like two feet. Yeah. It's like it hits the wall to the side of him. Yeah. And then and then they just open fire on it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so by this time we've gotten uh don't we have like a the character trait that Billy is super into guns and stuff? A little bit, a yeah. Little bit, yeah. But that that becomes bigger in the oh, that, one. And, yeah. it, and it just grows yeah, from yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay. So my uh rating for this one, uh I give it a seven out of ten. I think it's a it's a good movie. It's a little slow paced for today, um, and I think it, it works really well. I just for some reason this is not one of the ones that I've like repeatedly watched over the years. I would have to give it a little higher. Yeah, yeah. sure. Because I have watched it a yeah. ton, and I, it's like I said, the, the comedy never gets old. Yeah, it's when he goes on those rants and that and his old shtick where he babbles. It's just it's entertaining. It is. It yeah. is. 
It makes me completely overlook the entire plot with the bear bonds and all that. <laughs> right. So IMDb gave it a 7.3. Yeah. And uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 84%. Okay. So, so yeah, yeah, everyone's in the right, same right range. range. Yes. All right. Okay. Up next, the second one, also known as Beverly Hills Cop. Too. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah, that's that's the nice thing about this is there's no it doesn't devolve into like some bullshit naming scheme of right. like trying to remember which ones before the next one and yeah. yeah. Okay, so Beverly Hills Cop Two, 1987, directed by Tony Scott of all people. I I don't remember that that I if I knew that or not. If you knew that, okay. Um, watching it this time, I was like, wow, I, that's an, that's impressive, and it do, definitely feels like a Tony oh, yeah. Scott movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, he directed Top Gun, Man on Fire, Crimson Tide, True Romance, many other great action movies. Guy, guy was wonderful. Um, lost him too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, again, budget twenty-eight million, gross one hundred and fifty-three million. Yeah, not quite as high as the yeah, first movie, well, but but that's damn pretty, impressive. That's pretty good for a sequel. It's like usually yes. you see more of a drop off. Yeah, like. But it's funny that what was le- the first one was fifteen million, I think it was, or something like that. Uh, first budget. one was fourteen million, fourteen million, and it grossed two hundred thirty-four yeah, million. And, and then they, they they almost essentially doubled the, the budget. They doubled it's, the budget yeah. and half the gross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's still better than any other movie. Ex- yeah, right. Um, so let's try and summarize the plot here. Oh god, this is. I think this is even harder than the first one. It is. It is because um, because the first one is such a simple plot, and the yeah. second one is just convoluted. Right, and it just like. The, the plot, you, you to enjoy this second movie, you need to throw the pot plot completely out the window. Right. So basically, like I said, I, uh, the, the importance of these movies, the, the, the formula is not really the plot. It's the interaction between the characters and relationships. And so um, in this one, the kind of the catalyst for the whole thing is that Ronnie Cox's character gets shot, which brings Eddie Murphy and Axel Foley out to Beverly Hills to investigate his death. Because... In this movie series where you're basically putting a fish out of water, you got to have a reason for that fish to yeah. go back to that same <laughs> place, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they did a good I, job with it. Yeah, you establish their friends in the first few minutes, and then you show the shooting, and now it's like, okay, now Eddie's got to go out there and, and figure this out. It's, it's funny. when they when they, I'm sure when they made this, the first one, they didn't have an idea of how they were going to like constrain themselves to have to be like by naming it Beverly Hills cop. Yeah. Like, okay. Every movie's going to have to pretty much take place in Beverly Hills. Right. Like, right. Yeah. If they had come out, if they just called it Axel Foley or something, exactly, yeah. they could have done many other things with it. So Axel gets out to Beverly Hills. He talks his way into living in a mansion that's under construction. And then they investigate. He and uh, Rosewood and Taggart were, uh, investigate, the thing. So the problem with this one is Ronnie Cox's boss is being a dick to, yeah, to them. Exactly. And yeah. he's got a Weasley assistant. And so they're investigating the stuff under a conflict of direct orders from this police guy. Um, and again, it's the same thing. There's a big, there's a big bad guy. He is robbing places that he own, his company owns or something so that he can make money to sell guns to Central yeah, it's, American. It's like he's. Yeah, I think it's he's. He owns a bunch of businesses. He is going broke, and so he's leveraging contacts he has in Central America by robbing his own businesses, taking the money from that, coupled with the insurance money from the coverage right. of the robberies, buying a ton of guns, and then selling it down in Central America for ten times the price he right. bought them for. And then I guess he plans to retire and live down there or right. something. He's leaving the country. So 
what kind of a terrible businessman is he that he owns a horse track and an oil field and he's losing money? Well, <laughs> the, the same kind that's Donald Trump that owns like right. real estate, state companies. And it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is Donald Trump. He, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's that's the funny thing. You probably could find... You probably can find a decent amount of uh, film characters that are based on Donald Trump, like, if you think about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, because he's been around since, like, the early 80s. Definitely. It's, like, doing his whole thing. And he was in a bunch of stupid movies, too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, uh, this one's got a, a cameo by Hugh Hefner. That's right. It does. Yeah. 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 So, again, like you were saying, um, Axel likes to confront the bad guy yeah. early on. And this is at a party at the Playboy Mansion. See, these two bad guys, so, like, the for the first one, I actually, I think I respected and liked the bad guy in the first one for Victor Maitland. Mm-hmm. He just, he just seemed like a bad guy. The second, the second one, it's like, there's like, I swear to God, isn't there like one bad guy that like dies or something? And it was like some sort of cover up to use that person. I don't know. This is what I'm talking about. The plot was so confusing <laughs> that they were like, oh, they were using so-and-so's name to cover for like the, the crimes they were committing over here. And I was like, I don't follow what uh, you're saying. Yeah. Because they've got – there was the 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 guy who the, – the gun club owner. It's like – what was it, like Thermopolis oh, or whatever. Right, it's right, like, right. Yeah, because he made the special bullet that yeah, shot Ronnie Cox. But the, Yeah, and then there was like the main bad guy. And it's like I couldn't figure out the difference between the two of them. Yeah. And, and and the, the one guy – had the worst haircut in all of cinema history. It was like a bleach blonde bowl cut. Oh god! Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at it and yeah. being like, "This is this is horrible." Like, yeah, I can't pay. I can't take this character serious as like a, as like a rich bad. Oh guy. right, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, at the at the uh, Hugh Hefner's party, yes. he's there with. Uh, isn't oh. the, the bad guy is what's his name? It's uh, the German or the Austrian guy, or, or, uh, Harold Lutz. No, it's it's. Uh, uh, oh, oh, right, Jurgen Prochnow. Yeah, that's what it is. That's Maxwell Dent. Yeah, yeah, he's the bad guy. Yeah, and it's like I, I, yeah, I can't. You can't take him seriously. I can. Yeah, it's just his character did nothing for me. Oh no, like, he was. Yeah, he's done much better work. That was not yeah. All he did was just sort of like grumble about things, and then you had Brigitte Nelson, who was actually like committing crimes. Yeah, she was leading all these heists. And then you had that weird thing where it's like they always put this in, where it's like it's same thing that happened in a, the third Die Hard when uh-huh. they had, when they had the the female villain with uh, and and they had this weird right right they right. had like their weird sex scene. Yep, it's like and then in this one it's like when she robs the horse race track and she comes over and kisses him. Yeah, that long extended kiss <laughs> and, as it's some sort of like see they're together. Like, right, right, right. And they did that in uh, Cliffhanger, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Where, like, it's just everything stops what it's doing, and it just becomes this <laughs> weird shot of just the two of them making yeah. out. And you're like, oh, I get it. They're together. They're a couple. Like, and can you think of a, a more uh, obvious person to be committing crimes that are guaranteed to be on security tapes? Like, yeah. Brigitte Nielsen stands out. Oh, I know. <laughs> Everybody keeps calling. Uh, uh, what's the Axel Foley's like, that's a huge bitch. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So okay, like, so that that's a good point. I, this like you wouldn't get away with that sort of language. Oh no, of course today. not. Like, no. It was very misogynistic. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and for some reason Eddie Murphy always finds he always plays some sort of gay character, and then yes. and then there was uh, I mean you've got Serge who's obviously gay, right? But then you've got Damon Wayans who played the fruit guy who's like he was what, effeminate. He, yeah, but it's I, but, but I, he's he, also come like on, a, this is this is nineteen eighty four. You yeah, can yeah. tell what they were trying right. to be like. Yeah. Oh, you know. 
And so it's it's <laughs> it's yeah, you wouldn't get that to fly nowadays. Like right. people would question and be like, so why is this one off character handing fruit to this guy, this this overtly homosexual male? It's like Right. And why did they hire I don't know, I guess doesn't he wasn't famous then, so it's not like it was a cameo. Exactly. He was, he was just yeah. a young actor. You yeah, know? yeah. And this one's got uh, Chris Rock. Right. So that was yeah, Chris Rock is but he was probably more famous by this point. Wasn't Apparently, he? I don't think it was that not famous. famous. He was just yeah. doing stand up. He wasn't a real I think he was just doing stand up, yeah. I don't think he was that right. I don't think he'd gotten heavily into acting. It's Yeah. So I started putting check marks on the formula stuff in here. So uh, Foley bluffs his way into a nice place to stay. Yes. Check. Yep. Right. A visit to a strip club, check. Yep. 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 <laughs> a black comedian cameo, check. Yeah. White comedian cameo. Check. Who was the white comedian? <laughs> well, Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. Wait, somebody won't wait. Yeah, oh, 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 come right in. Don't let the fact that my door's closed dissuade you in any way from entering my office. Sir, we're at the Beverly Hills Police Department. Are you Mr. Sidney Bernstein? Yes, lucky guess. Well, sir, you have 25 unpaid parking tickets. We have a warrant for your arrest. What? 25? What 25? You what? have 25 unpaid parking tickets, sir? I, I, I pay my tickets. I pay, I pay all my tickets. Sir, do you own a black Mercedes-Benz license plate number CRL 507? 507? That's my wife's car. That's not my car. That's my 25 unpaid yeah, parking I mean, tickets. It's under my name, but it's my wife's car. No, no, no. Bitch! The tickets have not been paid. That means you're liable. Can you cuff Mr. Bernstein, please? Cuff me! Mr. There are Bern- people out there with chainsaws. You're cuffing me. Well, sir, you have 25 unpaid parking tickets, and it's your car, so we have to take you in. Wait a second. I've got an idea. Is there something that I have in this office that I could hand to you and that would make you kind of forget that you're holding those uh, little pink tickets there? What are you trying to say, sir? Like you'd be holding something in that hand and this hand you'd forget about. This hand you'd be concentrating on. That hand you'd go, what? What did I have there? I don't even remember. Oh, you mean like if I had um, $200 in this hand? Ouch, let go of my arm. $200. Ouch, please. I'm robbing you. That's what I'm doing. Here's one, here's two. They're real crisp. Well, now that you think yes. about Mrs. Burns. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to have to use your uh, computer because I have to wipe all, all evidence of this transaction out, you know. No problem. No problem oh, at all. Thank you, Sydney, so much. Oh, oh, certainly. Thank you certainly. Very much. Yes. Also, Sydney, one other yes, thing. Yes, yes, I mean, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm quite sure, man, your position understands that. Uh, my contact down at headquarters wouldn't want his name to be known. Don't I know it? Right. Don't so could, I know Could you excuse me for a second yeah. while I... Uh-huh. Oh, you're going to... Yes, yeah. yeah it's it's secret. It's like a James Bond thing. Exactly. Sure. Yes, so yes, you, yes. Thank you. No problem. Hey, no problem at all. Anything you want to use. I hated that character, too. <laughs> it was so annoying. It is annoying. But that's Gilbert. Yeah. Right? That's his thing. Um, and I recently w- listened to um, Penn Gillette's podcast, and they had Gilbert on as a guest because they're good friends. Is he still doing that voice? That's his voice. It's not. It's actually not his voice. Really? It's not. You can find videos of him. There's a there's a uh, a Howard Stern well, where they played the tape yeah. of Gilbert Godfrey calling in, uh-huh. and it, he he's he's got a normal right. voice. He it's, right. His voice. You know what? He just sounds old now. You know? He might. Yeah. But it's but it's apparently that was like the whole huh. like character. Yeah. No, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. There's a few other things I've seen yeah. too where he had a normal voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's the thing. Um, like at least four or five times in this movie, they talked about Axel's past where he occasionally fractured a law. Yes. Right. And it's like, okay, great. I get it. We get a little bit in the first movie about him having a checkered past. And in this one, they just got keep hammering it home. Like, well, with the gum and the, the, uh, um, well, just the fact that he, yeah, he, he he's was trying he's to break into breaking a, into things. Cause he was a, 
lawbreaker yeah, before yeah. he became a cop. It's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> you don't have so to why, why, did, why, you, why do you think they didn't really talk about that more in the beginning? Because the first one, I mean, yeah, they mentioned it. They suggested with, it. With his, yeah. with his buddy. Right. Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't keep coming back to it like they yeah. did in this one. So, so I, what I'm were they? Sure. What were we? What were you saying? They were. I'm using just saying that they, they used that same line like four or five times. Oh, it's I, every I, time yeah, he did yeah, something. I know. Like, oh, to be he occasionally like, factored yeah, the law, yeah. and he used like the same wording every time. I was yeah. like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I could buy that because the second one, like. In the second one, they've been buddies for a while. They obviously go fishing together, like yeah. the, the whole group: Taggart, Rosewood, Bogomil, or whatever. Uh, yeah, Bogomil. Yeah, they, they've all been friends, and I, I, I could see that as to where like Axel Foley's character was constantly saying that to them, like oh, sure, to, sure, and sure. Just, and they're sort of playing it into it as a yeah. joke. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, he always says this, yeah. like, and I, like two, three times, I'm okay. It just yeah, got yeah. to be a little bit much in this one. Oh, I did write down like Jürgen Prochnow. He could have made a good diehard villain. Yeah, yeah, which he probably could have been because it's. Uh, they, they, Jeremy Irons was supposed to play like this German guy and he had this horrible well, German right. accent. So like, they probably, yeah, they probably could have played either of the Grubers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, you can't, come on, you, you're can, not you, can't do, you can't replace Hans. Gruber. You're not going to do better than Alan Rickman. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Jurgen Prochnow. Now, of course, going from Alan Rickman to Jurgen might have been a bit like, oh, that's what a German accent sounds like, huh? Well, man, it's like they don't look anything like each other. <laughs> well, that's true. Even Jeremy Irons was stretched. That, that yeah, looks yeah, like, yeah. But at least they're, they're two English guys that like, could look similar yeah oh and then so when when he's at the gun club they've got this weird sort of video screen that they're shooting like yeah. la- you know light yeah. guns at or something and you got people on the screen and then Axel just pulls out his, his pistol and just shoots just, it all yeah, up and just, i'm like you probably just killed somebody on the other side of that wall because that wall is not designed to be shot at yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah and nobody even blinks an eye yeah like oh oh that's what he just did okay well get him out of here <laughs> like you owe us like several hundred dollars. Um, and speaking of shooting, apparently aside from Ronnie Cox getting shot, nobody can hit anything with a gun in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the at the end scene, so they're out at the what is it, the, the oil fields or the the place where they got all the guns ready to go yeah, off yeah. to South Central America, and there's the huge shootout, and this is where we again get. Billy Rosewood, he's got a trunk full of guns yeah, yeah. and his duster coat. They did a weird thing with his character where they started to make him sort of like almost like sad and pathetic. Like, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is the beginning of it. It extends into the third movie. But in this one, it's like he's obsessed with guns. He's this lonely bachelor with all these animals. It's like right. <laughs> it's in his, in his house. he's like a plants. turtle and yeah, plants yeah. that he plays music to and everything. It was that was a little bit weird where they were just sort of like yeah. okay. in the beginning he was just sort of in the first one he was sort of just sort of the oh shucks like I guess I can you know I got to do the right thing kind of guy yeah. and then this is just sort of like no he's like he's weird and out there he's around the bend yeah. But and then he's the, just obsessed with guns. Yeah, he's yeah. obsessed with guns and animals and plants. Yeah. So anyway, they go do the shootout at the at the factory or the whatever the place it is. And like there's just automatic weapons firing every direction and nobody's getting hit. Yeah, yeah. There's like a rocket launcher, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. sorts of <laughs> Oh, and there's somebody smoking a cigar in every scene in this movie. I don't think I noticed that really. Oh my god, yeah. It was very obvious. Uh it was and okay. And the I don't know if why if this is why, but remember the the one guy asked the other guy for matches, yeah. and then that's how yes, yeah. he traces where they came from. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and the, the matches were there to light the cigar because everybody's got a cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also yeah yes. Are you talking about the he asked the security guard at the? No, that's the first movie. Remember he asked for a match from the security guard in the first movie. 
No, this is the. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just, yeah, it's, oh, so weird. It's, it's, it's weird that he's, he's now yeah, asked yeah. for like matches. It, like. Well, but it, no, this was like one of the bad guys asking another bad guy for a match. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was, and it was like a scene where you saw it was like, why are we having this dialogue between these two people asking each other for matches? It was clearly a setup so that we would know that when Eddie finds the matches later on. Oh, yeah. That yeah, yeah. It just felt a little heavy handed with the matches. You know, there's. Every movie, when you're you want to set something up for later on, or you want to give some exposition or something, there's you know good and bad ways to do it, and you can like uh, Edgar Wright movies do everything like this perfectly. Mm-hmm. Anything that seems to be exposition or or anything else that's a setup is done so handled so deftly that you don't even notice it's happening until later. Well, cause it's probably the original intention versus they probably just went back and added that in <laughs> right, right. just to be like, Oh, I guess, I guess we could have them fine. Right. You're right. That could be, yeah. that could be like, Oh, you know, the movie doesn't really make sense. We need to add a scene where he gives the guy the matches. Yeah, it's like, whatever. Oh, how do we, how do we, yeah. How do we yeah, yeah. know that he knows this? It's yeah. oh, so matches earlier on. Right. So yeah. so yeah, that felt a little forced. Yeah. But having said that, I, I gave this movie seven out of ten. I thought it was just as good as the first yeah. one. Uh, I, I I gave it an, the last one an eight. I'd give this a seven. Yeah, yeah. it's. Mm. I think that it's again. It's it's what Eddie Murphy does. It's what Eddie Murphy does best. It's he comes in, doesn't care what the plot is, and just works him works his way scene by scene by just sort of like getting from the beginning to the end by just making it right. jokes all right. along the way. And he's like a lot <laughs> improv, of yeah. fun heroes, right? He's making it up as he goes along, like yeah. Han Solo and Indiana Jones. There's no real yeah. plan, but they're quick on their feet. You know? Yep. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Uh, IMDb gave it 6.5. So it went down a little bit there, but not too much. Uh, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it 46%. Okay. Um, maybe we just weren't treating sequels very well in the 80s. Uh, maybe. A little, little extra harder on it. Yeah. But uh, I think the only thing I had to say about this is that I was surprised at how decent of an actor Hugh Hefner was. Oh yeah, he did yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that like because he's his cameo. I was like, okay, this is going to be completely <laughs> just sort of like right. shoehorned in and right. just sort of like wooden and bad. And I was like, oh no, he's actually doing a decent job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of neat because because Eddie was causing a scene with the the bad guy guest and. Yeah. Heft just comes over and says, you know what? I don't know him. I don't know you either. You're yeah, both out. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. He'd do that. And I, I, the, the reason I enjoyed that is because it's for the first time. It's like even the bad guy got tossed out. Right, right, it's right. Because like, <laughs> like, it's like, you know, in the other movies, it's like everyone's so convinced that like, oh, this guy is so great. And so like right. in the first one, right. they're the like, Victor he's Mayden. an outstanding businessman. Like, yeah. why would he ever do this? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, and then the third one, it's like when, when, uh, he does interrupt. It's in the middle of him getting an award or something. Right, right. <laughs> in this, in the middle one, it's in the second movie. It's just sort of like, no, he's just a guy who owns a business and is trying to cash out, and and he's like, see, that was the thing is this whole alphabet killer thing. I, I every time I swear to God I forget that it's even a part of this movie. <laughs> right, like me too. I like I don't even consider it to be part of the plot. Yeah. Like, and then there's that whole scene where it's like the is it like the like the chief of police or something? It's like I cracked the case. It's Carlos. Carlos right. is the Spanish for Charles, and it's and I'm just sort of like, what is he even talking about? Like, <laughs> All right, are we uh, ready? Yeah, let's just, let's just launch into <laughs> three. Go and rip off this band aid here. Oh God, it's and this is what we're talking about. Super early is that like Die Hard was a gradual. Let down. Yeah. This this just falls off a cliff. It really it does. It really does. It's 
And I think, and we could talk, do you want to talk about why it sucks? Or like do that after we give it the review? Uh, Let's just summarize it and then talk about why it sucks. So Beverly Hills Cop 3 uh, came out in 1994, directed by John Landis, who did a lot of good movies. A lot of good movies. But then when you look at the 90s movies that he did, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Animal House, Blues Brothers. Yeah, I mean, those are all those are great movies. American Werewolf in London, Trading Places, but then Coming what, to America. But then get to his 90s. Right, right, right. Yeah, because this is what, 94. This is also a pretty huge jump because it, it, 84 to 87 was three years, and then it was seven years between. Yeah. And that's, like, you, nowadays, you can get away with, oh, we're, we're reviving a franchise. It's been 15 years since this person played this character or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. But back then, it was really rare to go, like, long distances between, like, sequels like that. You either did sequels or you were like, okay, we're, we're stopped. We're, we're done. done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you look at, like, Ghostbusters did two and they're like, we're done. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones are like. Well, uh, Blues Brothers did one and then the other one was, like, 13 years later. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, even look at Die Hard. It was like. It was there was one coming out like every three or four really? years. It's like three or four. Yeah. Well, they started <clears throat> they started tight and then they spread out as then they, they got, spread out. But, you know. but yeah, exactly. Well, between four and five, there wasn't that big of a gap. It was only what like about four or five years. No, oh, I think it was more than that. Uh, it's like two thousand seven and two thousand thirteen. Okay, so uh, it went so, yeah, it was about, about six years. Yeah. Eighty eight to ninety, so two years. For the second one, yeah. 95, so three years for the third one, 2007 for the fourth one. So that's 12 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then another uh, six years for yeah. the fifth one. But uh, yeah, Beverly Hills Cop 3, John Landis. Um, well, just just explain what he was doing in the 90s. Let's, oh, let's, oh, that's okay. What I, that's, <laughs> what I want, that's what I want you to do. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, I can't, it's on the tip of my tongue. There's a movie where I was like, oh, he did that. Like he produced a lot. In fact, yeah. producer comes up more on his credit. Look at look at his directors. All right, so director in the '90s. So starting with 1990, Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color okay. TV series. All right, TV series. Oh, 91 Oscar. Uh, okay. That uh, Stallone movie. Yeah. Oof. Um, Innocent Blood, which I believe I kind of liked when I saw it. Okay. I don't think I've seen that. It's a vampire movie. Uh, Billy Souls Cop Three in '94, and so Landis directed. Um, the thriller video for Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, there's a bunch of Michael Jackson stuff in here. Yeah, yeah. But that's not really that's not movies. Oh, he did the Stupids in '96. Stupids. That's what it was. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So I when I was looking at his stuff yesterday, I looked up the Stupids and played yeah. the little clip of Tom Arnold, and I was like, How did this get made? This is so bad. <laughs> I my own grandpa. Was that what? The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> that's the thing about it is it's 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 almost like the room where it's so bad that it's funny about how bad it right, is. Right, right. And that may have been what they were going for. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I want to give I want to give them the credit and just say that like it was intended to be so bad and so stupid that it actually is funny. Yeah. Um. So Blues Brothers two thousand yeah. comes out in ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, whereas the original was 1980. So that's 18 years between yeah, yeah. sequels. Um, <clears throat> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. Really? Wow. Uh, more Michael Jackson stuff. 
a bunch of TV stuff. Man, yeah, not oh, and then we're already into the 2000s. So yeah, yeah. yeah no, not, the 90s were were fallow times for John Landis. Yeah, I also the other jarring thing is the the visible the visible difference between Eddie Murphy, like his looks between the first two. He looked old in the third one. Okay, I didn't pick up on that, but I yeah. believe it. He looks he looks he's got sort of that like goofy goofy teeth smile on the first two and then all of a sudden it's sort of like like super clean mustache and like his face is filled out it's got a little bit wider and thicker and and, and he's bald is he bald not bald but he's really short there. hair doesn't someone mention like oh like sarah just like oh your hair oh he's really yeah like, but i think i just meant that he had a shorter afro that's what i mean yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. he definitely like changed his look drastically right. between so between the two movies after beverly hills cop 2 he did coming to america yeah it's a good movie yeah, yeah. uh harlem nights which i enjoy Another 48 hours, yeah. which man, we could do on this show. Who knows? That's only two, isn't it? That's only two, yeah. yeah. Uh, Boomerang, which nobody saw. Yeah, I don't think I saw that. Uh, the Distinguished Gentleman, which I believe I saw because I was working in a movie theater. <laughs> that's, never, that's never a good uh, explanation of why no. he saw something. And then this one, this movie. Um, so he hadn't even done, he hadn't gotten into his real, like yeah, yeah. silly phase with the nutty professor and Dr. Doolittle yet. So it was like, it was a weird time for Eddie as well. Yeah. In this one, I think that the most drastic change is that it tries to become a serious movie a little bit. There's, there's a, there's a, uh, a funeral scene and he's crying. It was weird to have a funeral scene. In the yeah. Movie. Because in the first one, he like his buddy's dead and he's going to go investigate. Yeah. And then we cut to Beverly Hills. It's right. like, now it's like, oh no, he's like my, my good friend, the, you know, the yeah. whatever sergeant or whatever has been killed. And it's like, I go to his funeral and I'm talking to his wife and I'm grieving over this and it's got tears. And, but that's the thing. That's the only serious part of this movie. The rest of it feels like a cartoon. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right? It's yeah. But even then it's, it's, I think the difference is between the first two, the, like all the scenes like we talked about are just are so heavily improv. And I think he's, and he, he's a comedian in a sense in the first two. Sure. He's just making jokes about whatever pops up and whatever's in his mind. And this one, it seems like more like a script was written. It was given to him. He memorized lines and he went out and just acted what was on the script. Right. It was, um, it was yeah. trying to be more of a movie, and they try it tried to have a plot and like a heavy plot, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and and I've heard it described as Die Hard in a theme park. Well, like <sighs> yeah, in, yeah. At least that was the intention. Yeah. And so, so the idea. So to summarize the plot here, there's a there's a sting operation, the in Detroit, the cops are stinging. There's like a car chop shop that's selling guns or whatever, and they're. They're trying to sting it, and it's a big shootout, and Eddie's boss, the police chief or whatever, gets killed, shot and killed in it. And he's like, you got to avenge my death or whatever the hell he says. And just by luck, he discovers he's got to go back to L.A. I don't even know if it's Beverly Hills this time. It's just a theme park in L.A. First of all, there's, there's, like, there's not really a plausible reason it's a real stretch to get him back to la for this one that's the first strike on this movie and then the rest of the movie takes place in and around this theme park which i didn't even realize this was shot here at great america really a lot a lot of the exteriors were shot at great america 
in whatever it was 93 which means which is why i didn't real ne- recognize yeah. it cuz i i never i didn't move out here till it, you know it, when you say that it makes sense and yeah. only because of the cameo that's in the movie yeah 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 you know what cameo I'm talking about? yeah mr lucas and george lucas yeah. which it makes sense that that it would be in this yeah. area because he would just show up and do his cameo he's not going to like fly down to la to do a special right. cameo and right so I mean, I didn't recognize the exterior of the park because they, they they did up the thing to with all the characters yeah. of their fake park that they'd come up with. The part that I did recognize was that in the underground when he first meets the girl. Yes, there's this train and the water and the, the yeah, whole yeah, the yeah, destruction yeah. train. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I've been on that ride. That's at Universal Hollywood. Okay, and um, so I thought, oh, they must have shot the whole thing at Universal. But no, all the rest of the stuff shot was, See, was what, shot what here. What was the budget on this? Oh, good question. Yeah, because it's that, that was the thing that sort of jarred me about this movie, where it's like. Like the the first two are such like simple just action movies, and then this one's like it's got these elaborate sets and like it's got that whole theme. Like obviously they shot it at a theme park, yeah. But then they've got like all the wreckage stuff happening and this and that, and it's so. Just to recap, the first two movies had a budget of fourteen million and twenty eight million respectively. Yeah. What do you think the budget on this one was? Thirty five. 55 what shut up that's in 94 dollars huge jump it's a huge jump what did it make what did you think the gross is um 82 42 wow Uh, and that's even like that's even before Eddie Murphy went on to become a huge star. Oh, he, so had, it's, he yeah. had plenty of good stuff. So this, this, this didn't yeah. slow him down in any way. Yeah. It's one thing because people now are like, oh, Eddie Murphy's kind of over the hill. He doesn't, he's not really funny anymore. It's, right. Yeah. It's, he just makes family movies. He yeah. just makes family movies. So it's like, you'd think that that would have been like some sort of strike against him where they're yeah. like, oh, this big franchise of yours right. like lost money. And that's the thing about this movie is the tone is so frighteningly different than the first two. It really right? is. The yeah. first two, even though he's in Beverly Hills, it's a gritty tone. He's you know within the first five minutes when those two fat guys are dancing. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that <laughs> The two mechanics yeah. are just are, are dancing yeah. to the song. Whereas the first two movies had action sequences and montages set to hard-hitting rock music or yeah. R&B. Right. This one has two fat mechanics doing a song and it's dance like number song, to... Yeah. Uh, where is it? I wrote it down in here somewhere. God, I can't find it right now. But yeah, it's like what the yeah. hell? It's it's bad, and that that's when you know you're like this is yeah. just, this is just gonna fall apart. Here's another red flag against this movie, Al Leong. So this is an Asian guy with the long hair yes. and the mustache. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 from Die Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in all of these action movies, yeah. right? He's always a bad guy. And he always bites it. Yeah. <laughs> this one, he bites it in about two minutes. Like he gets no screen time whatsoever. Really? I'm like, Shit. you need to have him in, in there for like five more minutes to yeah, get, yeah. get your money. It's hot in demand. You just paid right. for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That that scene. Yeah. Oh, and the. Right. So, and then there's the shootout scene and they're in the chop shop and the cops are coming in and everything's going to hell. And there's one scene where like two cops come in and there's bodies in front of the door and they just trip over the bodies and then the bad guy starts shooting at him and he can't hit them. They're prone and he's shooting at them with a semi-automatic and they can't hit him. It just like, okay. So this movie is so tonally bad, right? So the other thing thing was the, 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 in the beginning, the bad guy shoots Axel's friend, his like the boss. the boss or whatever, and then he starts getting away and he starts chasing after him. But then he gets stopped by like the government agents, right? 
And you know, you know instantly the way that whole dynamic is. You're like, okay, that's going to be some sort of bad guy later on. Like, it's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. it, it's like it's so poorly written. Yeah. You're just sort of like, this guy's going to come back, and he's obviously going to be like some sort of ass in the future, and he'll probably will double cross him. And yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the movie, it mostly takes place at this theme park. And even not even when we're in, um, at like uh, Rosewood's office at yeah. the whatever acronym his name yeah yeah oh god that was the other thing is yeah his character just fell apart oh yeah yeah he's he's now in charge of like interoperational yeah yeah. Uh, uh, the whole la area it's like yeah yeah. oh jesus and And so but but he's got some stupid acronym that 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 he's so proud of yeah right um but like that all feels flatly lit and comedic and it feels like a kid's movie Right. And then you're at this theme park. And so you've got theme park music playing and you've got kids everywhere. And it feels like a kid's movie. And then he's saving kids off of the ride that's breaking. And the whole thing feels like a. That made no sense. Uh, Why? Well, look, we'll get back to yeah, that. Please but do. like the whole movie has a feel of a kid's movie. You know, he's dressing up like a mascot. The whole thing is like a shla- slapstick yeah. shtick. And yet they're swearing up a storm yeah. to make it an R movie. Yeah, that was the other thing. <laughs> he, he, he said "fuck" a few times, and I was oh, he like, said quite a few times. And I was yeah, and I was like, like I don't like. It seems so forced in. It's yeah, like, like they were like, oh, the roots of this is like a hard R right. like, action movie with comedy peppered throughout it. And it's yeah. like, like no, now we're just sort of making it like a, like a family comedy, but we're still going to put right. some of that legacy, like you know, crass in yeah. just to. I had no idea what they were doing with this movie. Yeah, but anyway, so back to the the ride that goes haywire. So, so Axel's being chased around the park by the security. Cause he's trying to see what they're doing. That's shady. He gets on. They're just like, they're casually opening fire. Right. Well, he gets onto this ride, which apparently was a real ride there at great yeah, America. Probably, probably and like it, it, and it's got these three wheels of cars that are spinning around in the air. And they like they want to bring him down, so they go over to the control panel and start pulling switches. And the yeah. guy, the operator's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And yeah. they they do something wrong, and the whole thing starts to fall apart. And now, granted, I don't know how rides work other yeah. than basic mechanics, but the way this ride was breaking made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like you, you keep cutting to insert shots of the gears and the workings of well, the ride. Not only that, it's like yeah, it's like it's like it's like they're insinuating that pulling some sort of lever means that like nuts and bolts yeah, start coming yeah. off. Things are springing out everywhere <laughs> yeah. and and it's like what the And then if if that did happen, the ride would probably just spin loosely rather than seize up. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah. I don't know, but and then so he's climbing out all over the ride to save these kids who are falling. And why would they fall out? Why did their door open? Who yeah. knows, right? It just made no sense. It was stupid. Yeah, it's not It's not even like they're trying to introduce the character as some sort of heroic. Like, you know that he's already, like, a good guy and then he does, like, these action things. You don't need to derail the entire movie just so that he can, like, save a bunch of kids. Right. Yeah. Of which he was, like... Just giving shit to these other kids earlier. We pushes one in a, in a fountain. It's like, it just makes, <laughs> and then the grandma comes chasing after him. God, this movie's horrible. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I did th- think was funny when Axel first goes to the the police department to visit uh, Rosewood. Hello, hello. My name's Axel Foley. I'm looking for Billy Rosewood. Welcome to the Beverly Hills Police Department. To continue this message in English, press one pound. For Spanish, press two star. For Farsi, press three pound. If you have homeless people on your lawn, press 15. If you need the riot rumor hotline, press 17. Hey! 
Which button for Billy Rosewood? Bonjour. Bienvenue au département de la police de Beverly Hills. Pour continuer ce message en anglais, composez le 1, dièse. Pour espagnol, composez le 2, étoile. Moi, le Rosewood. Le 3, dièse. Monsieur Thibault, le crayon, la table. Si vous avez d'alarme personnelle, composez le 12. Si vous avez des vagabonds sur votre pelouse, composez le 15. It was a kind of a funny interaction with that, because like people talking to technology and... It kind of even, you know. But again, that just felt too much like a scripted bit. It did. To oh, me, yeah, totally. To where I was like, this is this is not an Eddie. This Murphy. is not like no. Like he's not like, hey man, what you like, like you know, yelling at the machine or right, something. He's right. just like, <sighs> like getting flustered and yeah. like. I mean, this could have been Cuba Gooding Jr. for all yeah, anyone exactly. Cares, right. Which they might have well because they. That was the other thing that like the the big this movie has no uh, Taggart and no Bogomil. Right. And that, and you're like that, like you've deflated the thing that made mm-hmm. this great, which is the buddy cop. Yeah, and and the fact that it was like the four of them had like four archetypes. It was Eddie with the gritty cop from Detroit yeah. who used yeah. to be delinquent, you know, Rosewood with his weird quirks. You got yeah. Taggart, who's like the old crusty cop. Who's but it was like Ro- Rosewood would always convince Taggart to do right. whatever. Right, like Taggart would be like, I don't know. Right, that's so like, now yeah. there's no give and take anymore. Yeah. It's just all like. Roosevelt's like, all right, Eddie, let's go. And then know? they brought in that new cop oh, yeah, to yeah, replace yeah. Uh, Taggart. Right. And, it's, and it's basically and like... he's half dirty. He's half dirty, but at the same time, he's just sort of like, ah, whatever you say, Axel. Like, yeah. I've never met you before, but we're best friends now. And <laughs> right, it's like, I'll do right. whatever you ask me to do. Yeah. Oh, you want me to go contact my friend who's the head of security? Of course I will for you. It's like... And then he doesn't. Like, he doesn't show up. He's sitting there eating his sandwich in his car when he hears shit going down. Yeah. Like, where were you? Yeah. <laughs> and then talking about the cinematography... The first two movies were shot in like a 2.3 to that 1 That was the other thing, yeah. And this yeah, is so like 16.9, and it just feels like a TV show. Yeah, yeah. When, uh, I remember, same thing with Die Hard, like the later ones. Yeah. I, I remember watching the first three, and I'm being like, oh, yeah, this is like, like what, like 2.35 or something, like right. super wide. Feels like a movie. Yeah, you know? and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, 16 by 9, and I'm like, yeah. oh, like I don't care anymore. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> okay, and then we get another Serge appearance. Yeah. Which I, I, I loved Serge in the first one. Yeah. Like, it was like, shut up, no way. Yeah, like, he was just, yeah. he was so quirky. And, yeah. And you're like, oh, this is some great banter between the two of them. And it's just sort of killing some time between her coming down. And then this one, like, they, they were like, oh, well, you know, we, we didn't get Taggart. We didn't get, uh, you know. We didn't get Ronnie Bogomil, Cox. Yeah, yeah, Ronnie Cox to come back. So we're just, we're going to shoehorn in uh, Serge here. Yeah. And which, even though it was shoehorned in. I actually felt I was like, oh, he's still doing a good job. I yeah. like Bronson Pinchot. He's doing all right. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I still loved his line, which I, I honestly thought when I was trying to remember it was I thought this line he said was in the first one. Oh, but it was actually the third one. Really? Where he's like, he's like, ah, please try to say Serge because he keeps oh. calling him Serge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, can you just please try to call it like to say Serge? He's like, he's like, you sound like some sort of dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe this. Serge. 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 Look at your head. Yeah, I, I love it short. Yes, sir. Turn around. Have, uh, would you Turn look around. <laughs> I don't believe how perfect you look. And then finally you have black hush poopies, which are totally retro, which I love. You you put a really good package together. And I was like... I, I, like which is I, funny because he always mispronounced accent. Exactly. Because I, I love... Yeah, Aquel. Yeah, I love... Aquel. I love yeah. that line that he gives. 
about that and I kept waiting for it in the first one and it was like oh I'm, I guess he doesn't say it and then yeah. when it popped up in the third one I was like yes like it's like it's such a great thing that I could see like Bronson Pinchot just doing some sort of like improv on that or it's yeah it's, totally. so, it's so weird and out of nowhere yeah and then but the other thing with that scene is that it's the nail in the coffin in this movie it's already got several nails is the the annihilator 2000 gun yeah like Ugh. okay that that's just a farce like yeah. it's not even okay granted it, it's an arms expo you should have some interesting guns there give them an interesting realistic gun it turned into almost like a bond movie where they're like uh, okay a, well, well i would well, say an austin powers movie yeah yeah <laughs> but it's but I, but I meant like when bond in the 90s became all about the gadgets and they would always have that scene where yeah. you'd be like, oh, he's going to go to Q, and Q's going to explain, yeah. like, oh, this here, you pull this and push down, and oh, a bright light will... Believe like, me, I've done a lot of Bond research, yeah. and that's always been in the formula. <laughs> it has. It has. But it, but it, they really, they spend, like, 20 minutes on it in, like, the 90s movies. Like, you're basically waiting for it, like... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It became a thing. But, I mean, seriously, back in... Was it Goldfinger? Even uh, from Russia with Love, Q spends like 15 minutes describing yeah. how to use the briefcase. The briefcase, <laughs> and there's like the jetpack. The jetpack, like, yeah. and the Aston Martin's got a dozen yeah. things on it. So, I mean, that... The, the the length of Q's explanations came and went over the years. It's, All I'm saying is yeah. that, that that formula didn't need to be injected into this. It, it like, no, and plus the gun, like you look at the gun, you can tell it's just made out of cardboard and plastic yeah. or whatever, right? And then it's got a toaster in it. Why like, does it fucking play music? It plays I don't music. understand. Right. Like, like, and, and what scenario would you need right. to be like infiltra- like defending or infiltrating and you're yeah. like, oh, I got to play some music. Like, I, I'm guessing that the point was, it's like, oh, this is like a designer gun because we're in LA and yeah. everything's got a yeah. Have the well, blood, he kind of says blood. that. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay, but nobody would do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and then of course we have the romantic interests. That was yeah. That's yeah. I I'd, I'd actually say that's more of the nail in the coffin than than the gun. Yeah, is the it, the moment it became like him like stop and just be like hey how's it going? I'm like oh like like this is not this is not what the movie is. It's not part of the formula. Yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not even considered a ladies' man in the first two movies. No, he's he's, he's never like pitching woo at women to nope. like. It's even even like when we talk about like with Die Hard, even Bruce Willis, like you know, kind of had his like man's man moment sometimes here and there. It's like right, which was part of the character. It's like Eddie Murphy wasn't. He was like trying to get his shit done and and do what he needed to do and yeah. like you know women was an afterthought right he was more interested i mean aside from getting the job done and, and finding who killed who he was more interested in talking his way into like sweet digs and yeah. and stuff like that than than women right? exactly and that also reminded me paul riser's not in the third movie isn't he no and so yeah that's so weird it's so weird that like He's plays such a weirdly stupid point in the first two movies. <laughs> yeah, like Ollie, Ollie, which is, is funny like, that we didn't even mention him before now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, he's so he's so second thought that we don't even mention him. But it's like in retrospect, you're like that completely was cut out of the movie. It's yeah. in the third one. Yeah, where yeah. It's just sort of he plays like the guy back at home who helps him out here or there based on right like, or helps him and hinders like he by because he's kind of dumb. And, well, I guess and I guess because I guess that Paul Reiser's character was only there to work around the the sar- what's the, the, the what's chief the or chief whatever, or sergeant yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. like the right. So he was there in the second movie to pretend to be the chief on the phone. Exactly, and he was there in the him. first one to sort of uh, wasn't he just exposition in the first one. 
He was there in the beginning before, like when Eddie came back after the failed, you know, undercover thing. Yeah. And Paul Reiser just followed him around saying, oh, the chief's really pissed. And why don't you let me on your jobs? I yeah, want to be yeah, an undercover yeah, yeah. guy, blah, blah, blah. And I think he know. plays. I think there's something he does, does he do something? to help him. Maybe not. I can't remember. Although, I'll say this. Go back, rewatch the introduction of the Paul Reiser character. Because, again, I, I in the knew, first one. Yeah, in the first yeah. one. I knew he was going to be in there. Yeah. There's a character that Axel talks to who's another cop, like, for three or four seconds, maybe 10 seconds before Paul Reiser gets... I, I swear to God, I thought it was the same guy. I was like, oh, he's talking to Paul Reiser, and Paul Reiser leaves. Oh, no, then wait, wait, who, here's Paul Reiser. Like, I don't understand. Really? They've got the same hair, <laughs> same face, and everything. Huh. Like, go back, rewatch that, that, just that opening scene where he comes into, like, the locker okay. room. And you're going to be like, oh, those two guys look exactly the same. Interesting. It was so weird. I kept being like, oh, I thought Paul Reiser plays a more important character walking out of the room right now. And then it's just like, then he comes in. It was so weird. I kind of right. remember the scene you're talking about. And I, I agree. I really think that was and that Paul was, Reiser. That, that was the, the thing about this movie is that this is one of those movies where it, it seems cool and fun to be a cop. Like they're all cracking jokes like and in both the first two movies, always yeah. like in like the, um, you know, Eddie, in the first one, Eddie Murphy's getting ribbed on for you know the like oh like you got a cigarette like ah they're laughing because of the whole cigarette bust heist thing going south and mm-hmm. and then uh, remember the the other cops in Beverly Hills like they like Rosewood and Taggart or are show up after having been ditched by. Eddie Murphy, right? And they, they, the cops show him the anti-banana disguise or whatever. Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and so you're just sort of like, this is not like in the other movies. It's always sort of like this, like angry, crass kind of place. And like, in like you look at like RoboCop or like all these other cop movies, it's always this sort of like hard, dirty, gritty place. Yeah. And then like in this, it's like it shows like oh, they're just a bunch of guys goofing around, like making fun of each other. It seems like kind of a cool place to work. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we haven't even talked about the laugh. Like that's what do you want to talk about the laugh? Just that, like he, Eddie Murphy doesn't do it anymore. He stopped doing it at some point. Oh, in this movie? No, or I just mean like or now. In, in the third one, he doesn't do it at all. Yeah, but it, but I mean like huh. just later in his career, it's like okay, just like that's not his thing. anymore. Yeah, that's not his thing anymore. It's like I, here's the thing: we're talking about the third movie, and obviously, I think we're gonna rate this poorly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite poorly. Um, in the first two movies, he looks like he's having a good time. He's laughing at stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, right. I think that the, the, the biggest tell for me is right when he gets to Beverly... Okay, keep in mind, in the movie, in the first one, his friend has been killed, his like childhood friend. Yeah. And he shows up to Beverly Hills, and he's walking through the streets... And he sees like the couple that are in that red and black leather, and it's like alternating patterns, and they're like arms across each other. (laughs) And he walks past them, and he just belly laughs. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can almost feel like that's just Eddie Murphy. Like, like Eddie Murphy showed up on set, right? And and they they didn't tell him that the extras were going to be dressed like that. (laughs) The extras are going to be like that. He walks past them and just just sort of like, okay, that's fucking ridiculous, and just starts laughing. It's like you can tell that he's actually enjoying making this movie. I did not get that at all from the. The no, third one no where it was just sort of like it was actor eddie murphy who was like show up here's your lines yeah. it's like cry he probably knew you. how bad this thing was and just he was under contract or yeah. whatever and he's just like right, i'd be interested in how much this. he made off of that what was yeah. it it was 50 million or something it's like or right. 40 or whatever it was 50 yeah 50 58 or something it was something it was something 55 big. million 55. to make that it's probably 10 of it was eddie jesus 
Then that reminds me of Die Hard when when uh, Bruce Willis shows up to the LA and he sees like the girl in the tight pants yeah. jump up and hug her boyfriend and yeah. and he, he just has a little react his his yeah. little reaction to that you know yeah. That's a super 80s thing. Right, just right. Sort of like, like, uh, well, that was the thing. I guess, yeah, yeah. right, mid-80s was when L.A. and California became a thing. Yep. You know, yep. where it with was that, like, like Beverly, like with that, uh, like, Valley Girls. Valley sort of, Girls, yeah, right. And like, and, like, punks and stuff like that. Like, God, yeah. punks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of blowback. Have you watched Stranger Things too? Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of blowback about the punks in that one. Uh, and like how they're like so fake you know the punk the little punk group that 11 goes to hang out yeah, with yeah 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 it's like oh hell. god yes yes <laughs> I, the, yeah the one in uh whatever chicago or whatever yeah oh yeah yeah that's I, I heard that that was supposed to be an attempt at a future spinoff oh and it really failed miserably. oh no that's not gonna happen yeah to like follow like that girl and yeah, like her yeah, yeah. group or whatever no they gotta try again yeah if they want to do like a spinoff of one of 11's compatriots I, it was funny i i try again uh we got to watching that kind of late it already it already been out for a couple of weeks or something so uh-huh. i had saw all the hatred for oh. that, that episode <laughs> and when we got to that i was just sort of like oh like, like, I don't even want to pay attention to the rest of this episode. <laughs> like, I already know that I'm going to hate everything about this based on, like, which I'm not the normal person to be like, oh, the internet said to hate it. I'm going to hate it. But it's just sort of like. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it. Like, I was at my friend's house uh, in Florida that weekend that it came out. And yeah. we, we binged it in, like, two, three days. So wow. that's that's how they roll. Um, so, so I didn't. I, I saw the whole thing before I saw any reactions to it. Yeah. And when I was watching it, I was like. Uh, okay i'll buy them a little bit i mean i wasn't totally invested in that that wasn't my favorite stretch of the show yeah but i wasn't like oh my god these people are terrible punks but yeah yeah. then again what do i know i the only punks i know come from 80s movies anyway (laughs) (laughs) so how do they stack up to 80s exactly they're pretty good right yeah i mean you look at bill paxton and terminator it's pretty great right right down the line (laughs) i completely forgot about that yeah (laughs) all right so wrapping up beverly hills cop 3 it's bad i in fact i just noticed like a few minutes ago that i didn't actually give it a rating (laughs) i had forgotten to do that i I think that (laughs) i think it's worse than the 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 bad diehard oh totally yeah yeah i'm giving it a one out of ten like this movie should not exist (sighs) i mean i gotta get a little higher than that i gotta give it like two and a half all right sure two at at the lowest two and a half at the highest yeah like well one's really bad like that what like all right, I could go two. I go two. You're right Bob because like two, one would be like the room or something. But, yeah, yeah. But I where there's like nothing. But here's the thing: this. is like I would re. I'll rewatch the room over and over again. Yeah, right? I, we, yeah. I think room bad example of like yeah. No, room is a bad example yeah. of a bad movie, right? Because that's a that's a so bad it's good movie. Yeah, it's like so bad it's bad. <sighs> I'm trying to think what would be like an analogous like like oh what, what would be your like your quintessential one movie like if you had to be like oh dave what's the worst that's a good question we need to calibrate one? our scales here uh oh what was it called into the woods and so it's just a few years old but it's like this musical about uh like fairy i think it's into the woods it's like a it's it's got this fairy tale theme and they're like taking all these different fairy tales and making stories about them and a kendrick's into it in it <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard of this oh god yeah into the woods so i mean it got fairly well reviewed and right anna kendrick James do you really Gordon. use military time <laughs> of course on everything look what? military time everywhere do you not know you can look out a window and see what 
I have my reasons. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I can I can figure out what time it is looking at it, but it's like because I know to just subtract two and but uh, anyway, you 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 sidetrack <laughs> sidetrack. So I watched Into the Woods with Melissa. I don't know, a year or two ago, and I couldn't finish it. Really? And it, uh, this is sort of because it was a big budget. A lot of people like it. It's got a lot of production value. I, I don't even heard of this. Emily Blunt, Christine Baranski. What? Tracy Ullman, Meryl Streep, Johnny Depp. What year is it? Um, 2014. Right? So they basically, uh, they a witch, te- here's, here's the INDB summary. A witch tasks a childless baker and his wife with procuring magical items from classic fairy tales to reverse the curse put on reverse the curse put on her family tree and so they go they kind of touch on all these classical fairy tales but it's a musical what makes it a one for you i i couldn't watch it it was i think you've told me this before this is the movie you said you stopped watching yeah yes yeah <laughs> um, it's just now well, first, first of all i'm not a I'm, i don't like musicals that much yeah, so yeah. that's a strike against it already and second of all it just there's some that i can take and some that i even enjoy like chicago is good and blues yeah, brothers yeah. Is now awesome, i remember you right? telling me this story there yeah. are certain musicals that are fine but most i'm not a big fan of and then this one was I can't even remember off the top of my head why it was so bad, but it. For, when you're asking me about a one, this yeah. one is the first thing to come to mind because it's not bad enough to be enjoyable to watch. Yeah, but it was actually high production value with big names in it, and yet it's such a terrible movie. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. I I would have to take more time to figure out exactly what my my one is on this scale. Yeah. yeah I can't, what I about can't, you? I don't, it's the thing I can't think. I can't. I'm trying to wrap my brains to think of like a one movie. Yeah. It's hard. It's really it hard is, to think of movies right? that have like no redeeming qualities. Yeah. I mean, for, so Beverly Hills Cop 3, I mean, the redeeming qualities, Eddie's entertaining sometimes, although like he said, he's not, doesn't look like he's enjoying it. No. Um, Bronson Pinchot brought a little bit. Oh, can we talk for a second about Uncle Dave? Oh. And how everybody like that. Okay. You mentioned before about how the like, oh, I used to have, I used to like, what is it? The, I used to, I used to be a criminal or something like that. I oh, yeah, to, yeah. Yeah. How they mentioned that. Movie, he's like, oh, it, I broke a few laws. I broke a few laws. Yeah. And how he mentioned that like three times or something that sort of irked you. Right. How many times did they make that? Someone shot Uncle Dave joke? <laughs> yeah. I swear it was like 14. Yeah. It was uh, it was so bad. Right. So yeah, so Uncle Dave character is supposed to be like Walt Disney, right? Yeah. And he created the theme park and all these characters and everybody loves him and Eddie meets him and cuz he knows something's going wrong in his park but he doesn't know who's doing it. That was it. the other weird thing. It's like it, that was like a, such a weird injection right. into this is like, right. "Oh, Uncle Dave's coming and he's trying to get help from Eddie Murphy." <sighs> and you're like, "Is he evil? Is he bad?" It's like so you've got like no, that's all surface stuff. Doesn't matter exactly. Yeah, no, it's like no. He was genuinely just sort of like, oh, I thought yeah. I thought bad things were yeah. happening in my part. And by the like, way, we spent this whole movie. We haven't even mentioned the actual bad guy. Yeah, I can't, you're saying this now, and I can't even <laughs> who, who it was. Um, um, the security guard. No, the, he was the, the head of security. Of security. Yeah. yeah, and I wrote I wrote down because oh Timothy Cathcart. Yeah, I don't even know who the actor is. Yeah, or Carhart. Ellis DeWald was the character's name, Timothy Carhart. And he's one of those guys who, like, I could not buy him as a bad guy because he's just so wimpy and weasely looking. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, he's not a, he's not a bed, head bad guy. So I also, it was stupid too. It's the, in the scene, like we talked about the, the formulaic scene where Eddie Murphy goes and confronts the bad guy. Yeah. 
And and then the bad guy's like, oh, you're just angry that I killed your friend. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like what? Like, wait a minute. You're you're now confessing to this guy. Like, there was no guarantee that he had anything on you. Right. It's like it was a lot of just like weird yeah. like conjecture and like, oh, like I think I think this and this combined happened this and I swear I saw you at this. And now it's like, no, I'm like straight up admitting like, oh, you're just angry I killed your friend. Like, that reminds me of like Naked Gun. The second or the third one where um, Leslie Nielsen's talking to Priscilla Presley. And he's like, well, I think this, 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 and this. And she goes, well, what about this? And he's like, oh, that's much better than what I come up with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and yeah, so the plot of this movie is that the, this guy, Ellis DeWald, is because um, they have this money printing machine in the yeah, park that yeah. prints the fake money for the that you can use in the park, but they're actually using it to print actual counterfeit money. Which is so weird. It's it's in it's in a shutdown area of the park, and I love how like it's like the actual cops show up or something, or the Secret Service or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Secret Service because they take care they, of counterfeit, the, money, counterfeit yeah. money. And they're like, "See, it's just it's just a machine that prints money for charity kids." And you're like, <laughs> "Well, what the fuck is it doing in like a shutdown portion of the park?" Right. <laughs> like. Like in some weird area that no one's allowed to enter. Yeah. And then it's like, it's just one machine sitting there by itself printing out fake dollars. You know, this, this is funny because the fact that they're trying to make this seem like a, like a ripoff of Disney and Disney world and stuff. And and the fact that like the machine is at the park, uncle Dave spends time at the park, everything having to do with, I don't even remember the name of the park happens at the park, yeah. which is what for the longest time before I actually knew anything. Cause I grew up on the East coast. Yeah. The only thing I knew about Disney was Walt Disney World in Florida. Yeah. So for the longest time, I thought all Disney movies and Disney productions and everything Disney right, happened Florida. in Florida. Oh, really? You know, that's all because that's all I knew. Of. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that, oh, no, Disney started in L.A. Yeah. Disneyland was in L.A. first before Disney World, World and yeah. all the productions are in L.A. Like that for me, it took a long time for my brain to wrap around. Yeah, that. yeah. And so I feel like this seems familiar. It's like, okay, I can't remember the name of the park. Anyway, Wally World, we'll call well, it. it. <laughs> that's another that's another uh, series. That is another get, series yeah, we, could we can do. get into. Um, whatever this park is, it's like everything having to do with this entertainment empire happens at this park. What is the name? And now, now you, now I'm dying trying to figure out what the name. It's uh, because uh, um, all I think of is Uncle Dave. Uncle yeah, Dave and, and Foley, blah blah blah. Uh, park in Beverly Hill. Oh, it's not telling me the name of the because everybody there. keeps saying it. They keep like, oh, oh yeah, you're gonna love it. Like, who's that actor that plays the Taggart replacement? Oh yeah, it's. Um, I recognize him from some. Oh yeah, he's been in everything. Yeah, uh, he's got he's got kind of that voice that's sort of like. He's not even in the top like first screen of cast. What the hell, Hector Elizondo? Oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean, he, you're right. He's been in. Oh, Pretty Woman is probably where everybody knows him from. Yeah, is he? He's alive. Yeah, last thing he's been in Max and Me, uh, Mickey and the Roadster Racers, Last Man Standing TV series, a Lego Batman. Oh, uh, but like I said, I love how they just try to like gloss over like the introduction of the character and how he like like oh, I'm here, I'm a replacement for Taggart, and it's just let's, let's but just not go, really let's go about business as normal. They, they give him no backstory, no background. That was the other thing is that let's okay, so let's let's finish out. Right. Ours, and then we can talk about where it it fell down because that that's that's what I'm going to So next. so so I gave it a one. I upped it to two. You gave yeah, it a two. Two point five. IMDb gave it a five point five, and Rotten Tomatoes ten percent. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Yeah, 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 that's that's really low for Rotten Tomatoes even. Yeah, 
I think yeah. that like I, typically when I think of like a bad movie around to me, it's like 28%. Right. It's like, and even um, the new sequel to daddy's home got like, it finally got up to 60. It was at zero for a while, but it got up to 16%. <laughs> you know, and then at that point, you know, they paid somebody to, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. to like, just go something, something nice about it. <laughs> and so, yeah. So this movie killed the series. Clearly they tried to bring it back. They made an unaired pilot for a TV show yeah. that featured Axel Foley's son as a cop in Beverly Hills. Um, and then now they're like we were talking about before, they're talking about making a fourth movie. But, but even then it, when you go on IMDb, it's just sort of like, like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And like everything else is like, right. like to be a, announced. To there's a whole much on Wikipedia about how they're actually doing it. And yeah. then you go on IMDb and there's nothing there. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, Eddie said that like the third one was crap. He hates it. Yeah. So he doesn't want to let it end like that. Oh, okay. He want, he wants to do something better. Well, then they should just pretend like it never happened. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you got? Okay. So are we going over? So we're going over the uh, how, what's where it fell apart or how it fell apart. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So I think that the strength of the series is the buddy cop dynamic, yep. and number three, the 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 cardinal sin in this is that. He goes into the the final showdown by himself. Right. It's the, in the other two movies, he doesn't do that. He's got his backup. He's got his team with yeah. him, and it's there's sort of like hijinks are ensuing, mm-hmm. and and they're playing off one another, and they've got their strengths and their weaknesses and everything. In this, it's just sort of like Eddie Muddy, Eddie Muddy Muddy, <laughs> Eddie Murphy's got his high tech gun, and he goes in by himself. Right. It's and I mean, and where Rosewood he, shows up later. Where does but, he learn? fucking karate or whatever he's like taking on like four guys oh gee yeah it's, yeah, yeah. It, he doesn't do that it's like he's sort of like a, a you know a street fighting guy who's who relies heavy on his gun in the first two movies his gun and, and his wits and yeah. his gun and mostly right. his wits yeah. yeah and then in the fourth one it's our <laughs> the third one he uh he like tackles one guy and then like like sidekicks another guy <laughs> and you're like what is he doing like yeah it was like they tried some sort of like choreographed fight scene and it just came out really bad like yeah. in that catwalk up there oh like right overlooking right, right. the money right like being printed yeah to me the biggest problem with this movie is the tone yeah and they did they didn't figure out what kind of movie they were trying to make and that that kind of bled into everything else like but i think i think landis was trying to make a comedy and he was just trying right. to like he was trying to put a joke into every minute that he could yeah it was, and I think it was probably written like that. Yeah, it was. It was written like a like just like a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It was written to like we're just gonna shoehorn a bunch of jokes yeah. every second that we can. It's interesting because there's movie series like this where there's different directors for the different ones. You know, like Alien. Yeah. Well, you got Ridley Scott on the first one, and it's a it's a scary horror movie yeah. in space. Yep. And then you get Cameron on the second it's, one, and it's, it's now just like, an action movie exactly. in space. Yeah, yeah. And then you know various thing and we'll probably cover that at some point fincher and and in this one the first one the director okay it was a comedy with action yeah and the second one it's more of an action with comedy it's it's tony scott right yeah both of them good combination of both and this one it's like it's a kids movie with cursing right yeah that (laughs) they put like a chase scene in it like in the first one there's the the truck runaway scene where he's in the back of it right but in the and then in the second, the second one, one there's that chase scene that ends up at the playboy mansion 
Yeah, but it's not that. It's not. Something's different about it. I don't know. <laughs> and the third one is there's that when uh, when Uncle Dave gets shot and he puts him in the car and they're uh-huh. like chasing after him and stuff. It's like, again, it's like the elements are there. It's just the tone yeah, and the like execution. Some, yeah, that's, I, yeah that's exactly. It. Something's yeah. weird about it. Yeah. You don't have. And, and again, like I said, the plot doesn't matter for these movies. All we all we ask for is enough plot to get Eddie to Beverly Hills and, and do <laughs> his improv. Your only right? task was to get Eddie in Beverly Hills, yeah, right. and, and you failed. Yeah, he's not even in Beverly he's not Hills. Even in Beverly Hills. And you put him, you put him in some uh, scenery, and he he yeah. chews the fat and just sort of right, like, yeah, right. You get him to to like interact with the hoity-toity and and get the better of them with his street smarts. Right, exactly. that's yeah. the point. This one, it's like he's running around a theme park. Yeah. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. And and, and then, really, there's so many. There's so many hit the break moments with yeah. the the um, him saving the kids and the 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 love interest moments and yeah. and the Uncle Dave stuff. And right. you know, you're just sort of like, what is it? What is even going on? <laughs> I love that. Here's a little side note when he's trying to get into the park because he's supposed to have an appointment with the head of security, yeah, yeah. but his guy hasn't come there to set it up yet. So he buys a ticket to get in. And yeah. 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 It's like, she's like, it's $35. And he freaks out. And oh, I know. Money. And he goes, like, yeah. $35. I would love to get into Great America for $35. <laughs> even then, it's like, even in, even in 1994 money, it's like 30, that, $35 probably only like, what, like 50 bucks now or something? Yeah. 50. Something like that. It's not, it's like now to get into these parks, it's like $85. Right. Or 85 for, for off brand, 100 plus for Disney. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But it's ridiculous. What was uh the other, the other you knew this was bad when like <clears throat> they take simple jokes and they try to inject him in like he's standing in line to buy the ticket to get in or he's, he's trying to get in based on his like meeting that's been arranged right. to meet with the head of security and then this the other security guards come up to him and they're like please sir step out of line and he's like there's nobody in line here behind me and you're like <laughs> just like uh, like it's just you could tell someone wrote that joke. It's just so bad and obvious yeah. that like it's not an Eddie Murphy joke. No, and and the moment he says that, you're sort of like, okay, this is this is not an Eddie Murphy movie. This is just him acting in some movie. I, what I want to know, I guess we probably should do more of our research on this one. Um, over like, because remember how in Die Hard they were like adaptations. Oh, of, of, of books. Of like, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, whether yeah. this was like two and three were sort of other movies at one time, or whether they were specifically written to be di- or like Beverly Hills Cop. So, sequels. yeah, I feel like somebody might have intended this third one to be a Die Hard movie because that tagline "Die Hard at a theme park" has been yeah. thrown around. The first two, I believe, I could buy the first two because of the whole crossover of. The first two do feel like they're one cohesive piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they feel yeah, they feel related. The the characters have the same dynamics right. to each other. They the interactions are the same. The character developments are the same. And when I was doing my uh, research, I did read. I, I don't remember if it was the director of the first one or or maybe it was um, one of the producers, Bruckheimer Simpson, um, had some interaction in the seventies that sparked the idea. And then it took them, you know, yeah. eight, ten years or whatever to like germinated into a script and a okay. screenplay. And yeah. so it was sort of, it was an idea for a movie. It was never, it wasn't adapted for some, from something else. It was just an idea that one of the producers had. Gotcha. Yeah. Or maybe the writer. 
So what you're saying is I have to find Eddie Murphy and pitch him my Beverly Hills Cop 4 idea. It's like, I've been marinating on this for 10 years. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) I think we can come up with something better. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) God, it's a low bar. What's your your gamble on 4? What do you think it's going to be? Any good or... Well, we know nothing about it, so... That's what I'm saying. Is that's yeah. what I'm, that's what I'm, knowing nothing about the plot or anything. Or because, even who's making because it. Because in the last five or eight years or whatever, there's been remakes that you're like, okay, this is a good... Like this is this is this has actually come around and actually has, has sort of recreated the magic of the first one or two movies. Right. Sure. Uh, example being like the, the Rocky movies. Yes. Where you're like, you know... Three, four, and five, just like just downhill, and then all of a sudden Balboa came out, and then Creed came out, right. and you're like, in each oh. one got better than yeah. the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, and then there's other movies that it like they've tried to like recreate their '80s '90s magic, and they're like, oh, this is just as bad <laughs> as the others. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't I can't predict anything because I don't know. Who's gonna, just to, we'll, we'll look back on this. So just take yeah. a shot in the dark. Do you think it's going to be good or bad? Do you think I would say given that all Eddie and the producers know, I, I think they know what went wrong with the third one. So I have a feeling it will be much better than the third one. Well, I think anything's going to be better. That's a safe bet. That's right a safe now. bet. Whether it measures up to one and two. I, I can't say right now. I mean, I just I'm, I'm going to go no yeah. because Eddie Murphy, I think, has fundamentally changed. It's true, and, and it's true. just is not going to be able to recreate who he no. was. He doesn't in have the manic energy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's like doing a Dan Aykroyd movie now. Yeah. It's just not going to work. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, what about like what could they? Well, I mean, other than everything, what uh, could they have done back better the, to? What could they have done to fix this movie? Yeah. Number three, bring back. Uh, Taggart, Taggart, and, and Bogmill, uh, Ronnie Cox. I, I really, I, I think I read that uh, Ronnie Cox read the script and said, "Fuck this, I'm not doing it." Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would totally believe that. It's, yeah, and I would not blame him for a second. Um, no, I agree. That's the main thing. Is like, like I said, the first two movies were about the relationships between these four characters. Yeah, you lose two of them. What are you? What are you doing? Yeah, right. So that's that'll give you half. You're, you're halfway there. Yeah, uh, with those. Do more improv. Like you said, the third one didn't feel like it felt it was, too scripted. Yeah, it, it didn't feel like it was heavily scripted. improv. Um, and again, fix the tone. Make it gritty. You want you want gritty meets Beverly Hills. I think the comedy needs to be. Yeah, yeah. The comedy needs to be more about what's happening rather than just like some sort of. Oh, script, right. Just like fabricated joke. Fabricated joke. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and that's what you're gonna get with uh, you're gonna get that spontaneity with with improv. And yeah, that's that's the thing is I think it's hard. I don't know whether or not in '94 he still had that ability to do, or whether he he, he obviously doesn't yeah. now. Well, given, given all the movies we've seen, Bowfinger was after this one, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, okay, I could say that that yeah. that one he does he does seem a little more manic and yeah. sort of you know. Maybe the drugs, the drugs are starting to run out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, he got sober for a while in the 90s. Yeah. It fell off in the early 2000s. Yeah. We got, got a little daddy daycare. Yeah. And- I, I, you think about the movies that he's done, and it's like, I guess you could say, okay, so the first nutty professor, he's a little bit closer That's to... That's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's sort of... He's it's sort, it's sort of like... Cuff, it's like, kind of like... Um, 
you know, uh, coming to America kicked off that sort of uh, genre of Eddie Murphy movie where oh yeah, we where play he multiple plays characters. multiple characters yeah, yeah, and yeah. they got all the the suits and the different costumes yeah. and yeah, I and, and and the first Nutty Professor was a good example. The second one, I don't know if I even saw. But that was just about the clumps. The right? had, well, that, the problem with the second one was they had Janet Jackson in it. <laughs> you can't. You immediately can't take it serious when it has Janet Jackson oh. as like a as like the love interest. Okay, that one, I yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I haven't seen it. Yeah, you probably if you if you don't know that Janet Jackson was in that movie, you haven't seen yeah. it. Uh, any other ways we could fix it? Uh, let's see the improv. The, the back you to need characters. here's the thing. You need a better reason for him to go out to yeah, I think so. Hills, yeah, right. right. The first one was. He was following up a lead. The second one was a personal thing. I thought if you wanted to do it again, maybe something happens to Taggart or, or Rosewood. But that, that seems That's, repetitive. That seems repetitive. Right? It's it, yeah. Even then, I, I, I you know what oh, I would maybe, buy. You know maybe what I would buy more. They're working on a case. Rosewood and Taggart are working on a case. They realize they need his help with it because it's got his expertise. Yes. You know. I'll I'll say this, and this kind of reminds me of something right here. Is that um, I would be fine if he just came out for vacation to see them. Oh, yeah. And, and there you go. And stumbled on something. Sure. That, that would be totally We established fine. in the second one that he goes out to hang out with them. Exactly. Yeah. So the third one, like, he came out because he came out the first one because his friend was shot. Right. Or killed. He came out the second one because his friend was, was shot. Shot. Yep. And he wants to see him. The third one, he just comes out to visit. Right. It's, it's, it's die actually hard. on it's vacation. Die hard, it is die it's, hard. Yeah. He just goes on vacation right. and yeah. he stumbles onto something. Yeah. The, okay. That I actually this this led me into thinking real fast. This might actually be the thing about the sh- the movies that the first two that actually are the best part about it is that he stumbles on to the crime like accidentally. In the first one, it's because his friend's shot, and he comes out and discovers that this guy is doing all these evil crimes. Right. Second one, same thing. His friend's shot. He comes out and discovers all these things. In the third one, he's investigating the crime. The crime happens in Detroit, and he's coming out in, intending to be like, "What's going on with all this?" Like, this well, guy. I mean, the crime happened in Detroit in the first one too. Yeah, but it, but in the first, in the first one, and even the second one, he's not he's not investigating the main crime, right? He's investigating like the the accessory that's sort of connected but, in with what what with what brought yeah. him to yeah. This in the third one, it's more it, sort of he's investigating who shot his boss, yeah. and it leads to the whole theme park stuff. But it's tied; it's tied into the whole. They're like, all tied in. I, I don't think. I don't think. I, I don't think there's a difference between the first and the third in that respect. Okay. Only in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You're right. You're right. I, I think about it now. Yeah. I don't know. I was just. I just felt like in the third one, it was. The draw, like, like you said, we said the draw out to L.A. Yeah. or to Beverly Hills, excuse me, is just too much of like. It's a bit of a stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. They they could have done something different, which is just sort of like, oh, he came out. Yeah. Just to no, I, I like that. See them. And I like that. They go out to. They're planning, or like they're getting ready to go out to the fishing lake. Exactly. You know, yeah. Whatever. And something happens. Yeah. yeah, even that's a joke. Where it's like they're constantly trying to go on this fishing trip. You could extend this sure? by like <laughs> you could extend this by like three more movies. Yeah, yeah. Where like every time he comes out intending to go on this vacation, and it's yeah, just sort yeah, of like yeah. no nope, vacation's put on hold. Like, <laughs> we got a new crime. Boy. I mean, that's no worse than Die Hard, right? It's, Why does this keep happening? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, he even said, it's funny about it, he even says in the third one, or yeah. it's like second or third one, where he's like, this keeps happening to me, and you're like, but this is going to happen to you a lot times than just two. Yeah. So with that, thank you for listening to this episode of Sequel Harder, and uh, if you want to find uh, more stuff like this, you can go to neozaz.com where we've got all kinds of podcasts about Star Wars and Indiana Jones and James Bond and 80s movies and everything like that so um the tagline is if you like it uh, we probably like it too and we're probably doing a podcast about it so check it out and we'll see you next time send your questions and comments to sequelharder at gmail.com and be sure to visit neozaz.com for more podcasts like this